Welcome back to Ladies with Gumption, episode 130, Black Lightning, season four recap, Family is Power. I am May, and I am here with... Tatiana. And Jessica. And, of course, we are the Ladies with Gumption. We recap DCTV in a flash, in a month or so, at least. <laughs> right now, we're going to recap Black Lightning. But first, of course, as always, you can find our podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, ladieswithgumption.tumblr.com to send us all your asks and thoughts, however random they may be. And also, uh, you can find us on Twitter at DCTVGumption. And that's where we'll be, we'll, where we'll be live tweeting all of the shows um, soon. Right now, we just have Batwoman. And of course, if you are listening to this episode, you are both a public listener and a Patreon listener. But uh, as a Patreon listener, you do get our uh, episodes 24 hours in advance you get an additional podcast a month so we're gonna do um, static shock we're gonna do wandavision upcoming we've done witcher we've done bridgerton we've done mandalorian upload um, umbrella academy so many different shows so if you are down for supporting us uh, we are running a 50 percent sale so it's five dollars a month to sign up and listen to all the episodes that we've done over the hiatus and um, hopefully you can enjoy them on your own time and that would be wonderful. For the news, we have none. We discussed it last <laughs> last episode. <laughs> Nothing. Um, so for this episode, we're going to kind of break down Black Lightning Season 4 or Season 3, what happened, and kind of like pre-gaming for Season 4 that's coming back on Monday night. So to take it away will be the lovely Jessica. Really yeah, I got confused because I was like, how many seasons are on now? But it is Season 3 and Season 4 is starting on on Tuesday, the eighth. When is the eighth? Monday. Mm-hmm. Monday. Monday on the CW. Um, side A is called a Markovian Trojan horse because we thought we were getting one villain, but bitch, there's two. So <laughs> this is what happened <laughs> last year on uh, Black Lightning. So at the end of season two, Asian Odell breaks up a Pierce family moment to reveal that he knows all about the superhero family. Um, and he wants, or he kind of like blackmails um, Jefferson and Lynn to help him prevent an even greater threat, an impending Markovian invasion. So when season three picks up, we have Jefferson and Lynn as the quote-unquote guests of the ASA living in an underground bunker. Um, they do this, um, and Odell kind of like promises that he'll leave the girls alone, but they just can't be thunder and lightning. So... The Lightning family is banned from being superheroes publicly. Jefferson and Lynn have to stay in the bunker, and Anissa and Jennifer will be left alone. That was a promise that they made. Um, Jefferson has to be kind of a lab rat and work with the ASA on understanding, you know, how to create more stable metas, and Lane continues her work with the Greenlight kids. However, their marriage becomes a little bit strained because Jefferson rightly does not trust Odell and the ASA, and Lynn's obsession with the green light research sends her down a dark path of working with her sworn enemy, Dr. Jace, and even becoming addicted to green light herself under the slight suggestion from the ASA, which later revealed they kind of like brainwashed her, hypnotized her into um, making the drug. So there's kind of a thing of, is it their fault or did they just kind of push her down a path she was already going? So that happened. Um, the ASA basically has staged a military coup over Freeland, erecting a perimeter around the city, taking over the police, detaining any and everyone affected by Greenlight to conscript them into a metahuman army to fight Markovia. Obviously, the citizens of Freeland do not like this. Um, Odell has also added some powerful metas to his army, including one um, meta who is the guy on the Jamie Foxx show, the Braxton from the Jimmy Fox show. He's one meta. And then another, you know, GI Barbie that he got on loan from Moff Gideon. She's in there. I don't think she's a meta, but she's. <laughs> he got on loan. <laughs> <laughs> and one previously thought dead Khalil slash painkiller who's had his memories and humanity wiped out by a chip in order to make him the perfect killing machine. In the absence of Black Lightning Above Ground, the new vigilante has arisen. Um, since she can't be Thunder, Anissa has reprised her role as Blackbird, and she's helping the Greenlight kids escape. 
um, ASA captivity and out of Freeland. She's aided by the Purdy, although that's not exactly willingly. There's some tension there. Excuse me. And Inessa is like figuring out that it's kind of hard to be the face of a revolution. And the citizens of Freeland are also trying to resist and form their own revolutionary group to take back their city. Um, Anissa, while juggling the struggles of being a vigilante in the revolution, um, she's also in a committed relationship with a girlfriend that can turn into like a little girl, an old man, a jaguar, she's feeling frisky. Um, and so the kind of um, issues uh, that Grace is dealing with, with her triggers. But it turns out that the couple that fights crime together stays together. And um, Thunder Grace go out and fight crime and help with the revolution going on in Freelum. Facing threats from without and within, the citizens of Freelum um, band together. You've got one plucky reporter, Jamila Olson, who is trying to get the freedom out to the outside world. And uh, the truth of what's happening in Freeland outside um, with the help of Gamby and his new friend TC, who can talk to computers, which is a very useful skill. Um, Jen is struggling with Khalil's death, but soon finds bonds with a new kid at school who is also a secret meta named Brandon, um, who can control the earth. Um, and Brandon has snuck into Freeland to find and get revenge on Dr. Jace for killing his mother. When Jen finds out that Khalil is alive, She's obviously offended that no one in her family t- thought to tell her because they all knew before she did. But uh, her attempts to save Khalil from himself and um, release him from the prison of his mind don't go exactly as planned because Khalil kind of doesn't want to be alive. Because um, uh, one of the first things that Odell had him do um, when he was brainwashed was kill his mom. So he's got like a lot of guilt and doesn't know how to process that. In a plot twist... The Proud Boys militia group, a.k.a. the Markovians, are actually led by a black man, Wayne Brady, a.k.a. Gravedigger, a.k.a. Meta Prime, who wants to abduct all Metas and take them to Markovia, where they will be free. Um, Gravedigger is the original Meta. Um, he was created during, his Meta gene was like created during, like what, the Civil War? It was, was it World War II? Right? Was it World War II? Am I going back too far? Yeah, yeah I, think, I don't I think, think it was the Civil War. Like, um, <laughs> He was uh, Jefferson's great... Yes, he's also related to Jefferson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's like the original meta from which the the activator for the green light was created. Um, Freeland people obviously don't like being told what to do. They don't like being told to either be prisoners here or prisoners there. So there's this huge three-way fight that breaks out. Freeland emerges victorious and kicks out both the ASA and Markovia out of their city. Pierce family get their day in, in front of Congress to tell what really happened. Gravedigger is dead, but is he? Lynn commits to coming clean from Greenlight and, and kicking the green stuff out for good. But is she really clean? Um, <laughs> Thunder Grace almost got married, but during the big fight, Grace got hurt really, really badly and is currently in a coma. Khalil got his revenge on Odell um, for making him kill his mom. He shot Odell and Odell's dead. Lala and Eve are battling out for the new underworld crime boss in the midst of war. Um, oh, and Tobias, who spent a great deal of the season as a ghost in Odell's ASA basement and just narrowly missed being able to get freak on with Lynn, is now hiding out in Markovia and biding his time. So that is all <laughs> the stuff that happened in season three. Um, we kind of going over what you thought of season three, major oxen themes, um, and the ships and, and the state of the family and all this kind of stuff. So starting off just in general with this season, a big part of it was the ASA, um, Odell and the new world order that they established inside Freeland. Um, so that side, and also like the revolution side of Blackbird, Gamby, TC, Jamila Oslin, etc. What do you guys think of how they set up season three? Um, of how they set up season three? Yeah, well, like the the two two big themes of the um, season, really, you know, on the one side you have ASA and Odell and their presence in the city versus the citizens of Freeland. And how I like that. Yeah, I think that that aspect was the stronger aspect. 
um, in terms of like, you know, like Freeland becoming kind of like a police state, if you will, right? And like being blocked off from the world and how the media uh, or, you know, the, the people, the, the, the media of the citizens tries to get the word out and tries to get help. Um, I thought that was really interesting and showcased, kinda, it kind of like gave Freeland, Freeland has always had a character, if you will, but this is like the most use they've made of the flavor of Freeland. I think that it would have been even stronger if we had gotten response from the outside. Like if we had like more scenes of like maybe a character who was outside of Freeland, you know, right, and how the world it. is literally, re- yeah, or how the world is reacting to Freeland. Because right? I'm sure like if this was going on, right, on Twitter, we'd have like a I day. Think they, of, like, didn't they have on one episode, um, I can't remember, like in some news was trying yes. to, or they we saw like a news report, but it was distorted from what was actually sent out from Freeland. Right. Right, because because what we're what we're getting is like you know whatever they're being cut off, right? The, yeah, so the, the ASA really like the feedback. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like you know how we always have like like people aren't talking about what's happening in in, in Uyghur, right? What to the China what China is doing in, in um to the Uyghur people, and stuff like that. Like we've always got like something that's happening that's like a real world parallel where it's like mm-hmm. people are trying to get the word out, and then mm-hmm. we see the what other you know just faceless people on Twitter's response would be even. So I thought that was like maybe an aspect they could have focused on a little bit more. But overall, they really liked, um, you know, Jefferson and Anissa and Grace being and Henderson, Henderson being part of like the resistance. You know, I liked how we saw like Lala's arc in there. Right. Um, Coming back. And then by the end of it, he's he's even like a defender of (laughs) of Freeland in a way, too. So, um, yeah, all of that was really strong versus Markovia, the other side of it, the other side of the coin. I think we could have just taken that right out. Mm-hmm. I think that like because we were all this build up for Markovia and then it was like what was Markovia why did Markovia happen how did it happen like this so definitely could have saved that for season four what about you May I agree with this um in terms of Markovia I guess I'll start with that is like you said Tati you know they've been building up for building it up for so long and it was just kind of like a letdown because it felt detached you know it was only linked to marco uh, to freeland but like you said you know if we got more of what was going on, on the outside like there's no way that markovi would like launch an attack on any place in the u.s I mean, and, like, u.s the u.s would just like be chill <laughs> and like not do anything we'd be declaring war or some shit you know? <laughs> so it was like really really odd that that was all happening and like not a peep was being said whether it was like on the news from the government like we saw them at the end speaking to congress and everything like that but it sucks that we didn't get more of that while it was actually happening. And, you know, Markovia felt like this very, like it existed, but we didn't really get too much of who they were, what they stood for. We sort of got, you know, scenes of soldiers um, lining up and, and talking, but it never felt connect fully connected to what was going on in Freeland, um, except for like the gravedigger stuff. And, I did like the resistance part because we got to see like more Freeland. We got to see the characters interacting with the citizens themselves. And we saw like Anissa as Blackbird trying to help the people and uh, work out how to get the kids out and kind of like sending them over the line to the Purdy and, and how that whole negotiation was going on. Um, It was very like reflective of the real world too, because we see how, you know, like, journalists like Jamila are on the on the ground and seeing what's going on and trying to get the truth versus like the distortion of what happens when that news is sent out into the world um so all of that was great and I really liked like the family stuff at the end of the season was really good like that theme of family we always stick together you know Jefferson loves Lynn to you know moon and back and he's gonna go fight for her and all that good stuff (laughs) that came like at the end of the season was really strong um and i like that we left we ended the season with the family united whereas like in the beginning they were very fragmented i think i agree with you on that markovia it was the weakest link in this season dynamic because i feel like the only reason they were important is because the asa needed a reason to occupy freeland and Odell needed a reason to occupy Freeland. Like, Odell was a big bad. And, you know, then we got Gravedigger. But I feel like the the writers didn't know what kind of identity that they wanted Markovia to have. And I definitely agree that it does. it makes zero sense 
that a foreign nation would invade a U.S. city and the U.S. does not do anything about it or there's no kind of reaction from the U.S. outside of Freeland. It does not make sense. Um, so that was kind of like one thing. And, you know, I guess you could say, like, the the government was instructing the ASA to, like, build a, a thing around. But, like, it still it doesn't make sense for the U.S. to be like, okay, you can have this one city. <laughs> 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 and then also, like, the Markovians themselves didn't make sense because initially when we see them, they're, like, white supremacists. Um but then you have, but then they're all scared of this black man right. named Gravedigger, um, who has like a convoluted plan to bring all the metas to Markovia. And it's like, well, why wouldn't we, if metas are free in Markovia, why wouldn't we go? And it's just, it's very convoluted. And I don't know that they thought out that side of the story as much. Um, I just really think that they, the Markovia was a way to give Odell a reason to stay in Freeland. So I think the ASA part of it, of the whole story, was definitely like a lot stronger. And the whole like idea of the police state and the government occupying Freeland, because it's a continuation of what has already been going on in season one and season two, when you have like the government um, experimenting on kids and that's how you have the green light kids in the first place and jefferson's green light age and then also these new kids are both products of being experimented on by the government that doesn't care about this black city in freeland um so in this like the asa is just a continuation of that i just feel like markovia was like an unnecessary sideshow attraction to that um i like the like one of the strongest parts of black lightning um stronger than the other DC TV shows in the era versus that they really, really utilize their city and the citizens and um, the city being a character, like you guys said. Um, and again, like the city is being occupied. So it would have been very weird not to see citizens react to living in an occupied state. Um, so it was really good use of Jamila and the, um, street journalism and getting you know you have instances of like people forming communities to feed each other with um you know i I think like a gang one of the gangs or something the 100 gang maybe or offshoots of it were um doing and i think that was lala saying like he was rounding up like all of like the food and you know distributing it to people um making sure everybody stayed fed, like all that, that kind of like community um, grassroots revolution kind of stuff was really, really strong. Um, so that was good. Um, the next big theme, one other, another big theme from this season, my least favorite, <laughs> Lynn's drug problem and kind of Lynn and the ASA, her yes. addiction to the green light kids and solving this, problem of how to stabilize the metas i think at one point wasn't there like a meta flu going around and you know it was even more high pressure stakes for her to find a cure to stabilize the metas and that's why she had to work with like tobias seizures or stuff like yes yeah and i think i think she had to use like tobias's blood to find the cure to stabilize them or whatever but like her whole and we had this issue with addiction um and lynn back in season two when Jen was missing or Jen had run away um, and it was alcohol that season. This season she um, created her own green light caffeine pills and that turned into like a serious problem. So what were your opinions on how they dealt with that sort of, or storylines in general for Lynn, but that one in particular? Um, Yeah, I really also did not like that, that plot line. I feel like, it also just wasn't justified enough. Like, of course, we know that Lynn cares deeply, you know? <laughs> She's a doctor and, you know, <laughs> a, a scientist, but she sees them as people, which is great. But I feel like they never really justified her going so far to um, to help that then she then becomes addicted to the screen light herself. I feel like maybe if there had been a... Especially when she was so, like, she viewed 
I, I like I get that they did it because she viewed Jefferson's heroism as an addiction, right? And so now she is literally addicted to heroism. Mm-hmm. So like I understand what they were going for, but I feel like because she literally saw Jefferson's heroism as an addiction, it's even less justified that she would succumb to that. She, herself. she became so hypocritical exactly. and so like you know, and she was yeah. still she was still mad about like she was mad about like Jefferson mm-hmm. being a hero while still being a drug addict and being addicted to green light. Right. Like and, and, pot and, kettle. <laughs> exactly. And so like if she had felt like I guess she feels she does feel responsible in some way because she had failed to save them yet or whatever, you know, or because she allowed Jace to 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 fuck things up. Um but I don't know. I still feel like they they could have gone further back in some way if they want if they really wanted to justify it. Obviously, the best choice would just be to not have it happen at all. Like she could definitely be a workaholic and try and you know, and just like spend all her time and thus separate from Jefferson in that way because she's so folk devoted to this. And that would be a better parallel, I think, to Jefferson's hair, mm-hmm. you know, black lightningness having interfered with his family or with his relationship with Lynn in the past. So yeah, I just feel like they really it really made Lynn seem unlikable. And I would love to know, like I would love to interview Christina Adams and just know what her thoughts were on Lynn's process. Because as an actor, of course, you have to you find the justification for yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think like maybe, maybe, maybe she alone would make it clear. <laughs> it's kind of funny because I definitely I asked her that the com- at Comic-Con about, mm-hmm. you know, season two, we saw there's something going on with Lynn and her drinking. Then that kind of, like, went away. What is that? And <laughs> she, I mean, um, I don't remember, I don't even remember her answer, but I remember, like, bringing that up and seeing, if, was it going to come around again? And she was like, oh, that'd be interesting if it did. And then, you know, apparently it did. This time really from did. a drug problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I didn't love it. I think what's most frustrating, frustrating too, is like the kind of like downward slide of her character in terms of like where she was in season one. She got that mm-hmm. balance of having a job and, and being a brilliant scientist, which is amazing, and also being a great mother. Like we saw her being there for Jen. Um, we saw her kind of like work with her to sort out her feelings about having powers and like all this stuff. So there was a lot of balance, and it was really nice. Like you know, work-life balance, essentially. And then over the course of season two, like you said, with her drinking, and then in season three, which was, like, the worst in terms of her addiction, um, it just felt like they needed to give her a story, and the only story that she did have was her kind of being in the lab constantly. (laughs) So they're like, oh, well, she's really addicted to these saving these children, and here's, you know, we're not going to make her a drug addict in the sense that, like, she chose this on her own. We're going to sort of but hint but at somebody she, else but didn't she, she did though? i mean she did yeah yeah which which also sucks in the fact that you know even at the end where it was like a nice moment where they all kind of came together and was like look you have a problem but we're all going to help you get through it and you know as a family and that was really nice but then at the end we see her too you know going back to the green light and taking or like hiding it in her purse or whatever and it just you're, it doesn't like make her look like a hypocrite because like a lot of times her and Jefferson are getting to these fights that sometimes don't necessarily make sense. Uh, it's just like the writers just wanted to pick a fight with them to create tension and drama rather than just making them be happy or whatever. So it's just it just feels like something that they needed to have for her because there was nothing else to give her in terms of like a singular story. And that that's really exactly, is frustrating. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it. And I think it's also unfortunate that you have like a black show with, you know, a black writing team and yet you still have the same, you know, recurring themes of a black mother that's a drug addict and and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think it's the fact that she got addicted to the green light and the fact that she was so hypocritical in the midst of her addiction to, um, look down on Jefferson for being addicted to being a hero and all this kind of stuff while she is addicted to Green Riley. And I don't feel like the writers um, justify like her at all, her reasoning at all. Um, Cause she just, she just kind of looks ridiculous. And, and the things that she says to Jefferson while she, you know, she herself is addicted to green light. I don't think right. that she 
ever fully commits or realizes it either. Like, she doesn't come to terms with the fact of what she's saying. Because um, I felt like they kind of glossed over her redemption when they do, like, the family meeting and we're going to get you help and all that kind of stuff. Um, which I guess, you know, is why in the end she still has a stash of green light left. And that you could say something about, like, addiction and how difficult it is. You can't just, like, quit and then once and then that's a success story. You know, there's a lot of, like, relapses and things that people go through. But I don't think that they're doing this story because they care about that <laughs> storyline. So it's like you said, they just kind of did this because they didn't have anything else, anywhere else to go with her character. Um, and I definitely feel like it's, it's a sliding progression from season one and there's no upturn yet. So that is kind of like annoying. Um, so that was, you know, we talked about Lynn and, and Jefferson and Lynn a little bit, um, other ships on this show and how they fared. Um, Jen and Khalil, we thought we were we thought we were done with the end of season two. He died. Um, friends, this but wait, is the ship more. that never ends. <laughs> yes, it goes on and on, my friends. Some people die. Shipping it, not knowing what it was. <laughs> and they'll continue shipping it forever just because. <laughs> because the ship that never ends. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I I think that they have like probably like the most dramatic and emotional stakes and like just feelings given that they're maybe because they're teenagers, but it's also hilarious because they're teenagers and you're like, all right guys, relax. Um, so yeah, they're definitely like the Romeo and Juliet of the show. Uh, it's very, very tragic to the point that it's comical. Um, so I felt really bad for Khalil, you know, obviously he's been brainwashed, killed his own mom. He's been on um, a roller coaster of emotions with Khalil yeah. over the past three seasons. Yeah, right? Um, of, like loving him, hating him severely. Mm-hmm. And now <laughs> loving like, him again. Yeah, exactly. I feel real bad for him. I um, also felt like I res- like obviously, you know, you wanted Jen to save him, but then you find out he doesn't even really, you know, <laughs> want to be saved. Um, don't so, save yeah. him. You don't want to <laughs> be saved. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no way that you would not, you know, so like, so I, so I understand, you know, at that point, after, after he should have just died, but after he didn't die, <laughs> we had to say him again. So, um, it was just sad that then, you know, she was like, okay, well, I can't do this anymore. And then he's like, I'm leaving. No, I'm not. I'm coming back for my own show, mm-hmm. which is very confusing. I guess like now I'm just stuck on that. Right. Cause I'm like, it'd be quote unquote interesting only because it's interesting only because I know the writers clearly care a lot about it because they always put like the most effort into <laughs> into Khalil and Jennifer by extension when it should be the reverse. Um, but now he's getting his own spinoff while the sh- or maybe getting his own spinoff while Black Belt is getting canceled and China's leaving the show before it gets canceled. So I'm like, what are we doing with this? How are what is this? What is You're the end? Ahead, sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the end goal of this, I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I'll just say I think they both acted very. They acted their little butts off. Um, they made it very dramatic. I felt for them, even though I wasn't shipping it anymore. Like we stopped shipping it three hundred moons ago, but I felt for them every time. You know, I probably cried like three times in the show in the course of the season for them. So, good job, actors. Yeah. Also, <laughs> relationship was like gave me whiplash. I'm like, okay, <laughs> there's a lot going on here. Um, in season three, I. I did feel more bad for Khalil than I have ever felt mm-hmm. bad for him because, you know, he's been through a lot. And then he was forced to kill his mom. That was terrible. So he had a lot of, you know, there was a lot of emotion there and he got like good meaty stuff to do as an actor um, as well. But in terms of like the relationship itself, it was frustrating to kind of like ping pong back to it, you know, basically over and over again. It's kind of like the, something's keeping it afloat but it's not the writers aren't necessarily as invested in anymore because like we see or there was just like a lot of back and forth in terms of like jennifer specifically in this instance because khalil's struggling she really wants to save him and then he tells her he's struggling and she's like i'm gonna help you through this and it's like well you need to get your shit together because i need to go save my mom (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know it's just a lot 
there's a lot of stuff going on. I don't think that they were both anywhere near an emotional level for them to actually be together in the way that they wanted to be. Um, and that really kind of like stifled their whole relationship, um, especially now since like Khalil's in such a bad place and he clearly doesn't think that he wants, you know, he doesn't want to be alive either because of everything. And I don't really like the narrative of, you know, having this, for lack of a better word, like this broken man and this woman has to come and soup in to save him. And I don't like that Jennifer has to like try to save him well, over right, and over it again. Keeps doing it, like, it keeps, keeps happening. Yeah. If, if it was back and forth, like I think there was like two seconds where he was helping her when it was her powers mm-hmm. and then, you know, he died. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah so that's endlessly frustrating too it's like well i don't know we can't ship it <laughs> i will say that i like painkiller i like that that storyline i think painkiller that version of khalil was pretty cool and um jordan kelly really enjoyed it was kind of like the matrixy because he they put they implanted a chip in him and he was like, huh, I know jujitsu. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of like downloading martial arts into his brain and all this kind of stuff. Um, so the character, Painkiller, I, I really enjoyed a lot. And I enjoyed his his being bad. Um, and then there was also the really um, interesting when will it when will the ball drop and when will he run into Khalil because he runs into Lynn figures out he's he's alive um and then he runs into Thunder out on the field to Nissa um and so she's kind of like when is he gonna run into Jen and then it happens and um the whole I think the whole concept of going in to save him with TC like hacking the chip in his brain and and Jen being able to go in was a really good use of like all of their powers. Um, but I don't, I did not like when she got in there and it was clear that he was like, thank you, know, thank you for saving me from painkiller and, and shutting away painkiller. I don't, but I don't really want it. I don't have anything left. I killed my mom. Like that's a lot for him. And the fact that Odell made him do that, the first thing that made him do that, it's when you really feel badly for Khalil because now he has like nothing and then for Jen to be like well I'll be your everything and then at the first sign of him saying like look now I'm not painkiller anymore I don't want to really kill or do anything like that and then you know for her to selfishly bring him back because she wanted him there and she wanted she needed him in her life and then to kind of like abandon him um (laughs) <laughs> was not great. Um, I, I and I, I did not like that. Um, so yeah, it, and they and it the whole back and forth of he's alive but he's not himself and Jen bringing them back. It all ended up in the same place anyway because they're still not together. <laughs> so <laughs> why are we keeping yeah. going back and forth in this kind of thing? Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit frustrating. Um. Then we also have another one of Jen's relationships that turned out to be more platonic than I originally thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be like a... <laughs> yeah, it was Jen, Jen and Brandon, aka Geoforce, and um, her, their kind of like team up versus Dr. Jace. So what do you think about that arc of, you know, Brandon sneaking himself into Freeland, um, befriending Jennifer, um to get to Dr. Jace and to kill Dr. Jace. I, I first like, you know, I thought Brandon was fun and like the friendship dynamic with uh, Jen was really like cute. I didn't, I didn't ever expect it to really be romantic. A, just because I feel like the writers loved Khalil too much. And then B, just because he just doesn't seem very. I thought he just could be like a, you know, triangle yeah. or flirt. Yeah. But yeah, but he just doesn't seem very, he just doesn't have that energy, you know? For, to, to match Jen. They had to match Jen. sparks. <laughs> <laughs> like, but his other little ship that happened for like three seconds was fine. Yeah. Um, so anyway. <laughs> anyway. But but I really enjoyed the friendship. I think that even when they when they brought in the concept of him wanting revenge on Jace, it's like an interesting idea, right? Mm-hmm. And Jace should get some comeuppance because she sucked and she murdered a lot of people. But but then like 
he just seemed comical. I don't. He's just not a he's threat. So <laughs> he's not exactly. So, so the fact he's that not, like, he's not the brightest in the right. in the bunch. She was no. like, snapped in half by like I don't even remember who, but Markovians basically, right? Um, I don't remember if it was actually w- Wayne Brady or if it was just some Markovian thing. He's so Ooh. dumb. Like yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he's but, like angry for like this ridiculous amount of anger for someone that can't really do much. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was just comical. It was I I understood the idea that they were going for, but he couldn't do anything, and he just looked goofy. So <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I liked his and um, Jen's relationship at the beginning because I did think that they would have something even if it didn't really last very long but there was kind of nothing there and then it was like okay I guess they're platonic and that's perfectly fine too but I did like their um, camaraderie in general like the relationship they had a lot of chemistry together and it was nice to have like Jen have somebody to lean on outside of like her family and Khalil who was um, you know all that was going on Um, but in general I think that like the the storyline shifting to focus on his vendetta against Jace was misplaced mainly because like they didn't I don't think they established him as a full-fledged character first before they decided to like give this new person a storyline and kind of like ignore other people who have been there for a long time (laughs) um and like you said you know it wasn't he didn't think it all the way through when he tried to go after her and stuff like that so it just wasted a lot of time to me and we could have been focusing on like other characters doing other things versus you know Brandon who was like so angry and for like the maybe the last four episodes or so like that's all he was because he wanted to go after Jason and just it didn't sit right and he's not he's not that strong of an actor to kind of pull it off (laughs) (laughs) well yeah yeah I it was I I enjoyed him more in the beginning when he was kind of like a mystery and the fact that we had Markovia in this season and that his powers were earth terrestrial like terrestrial based and him being Geoforce and we got like the Geoforce name drop but he's not the secret prince of Markovia or what I just feel like I feel like that's where I'm disappointed more that they had Markovia and they have Geoforce and they did, chose not to connect them together or to do anything with that. Um, it was really, really disappointing. And then on top of that, Brian is such, such a dummy. <laughs> and that his, his like <laughs> vendetta against Dr. Jace and his um, belief that he could do something about it. Just, I don't know. His confidence did not match the actual skill set. <laughs> um. But I like, I mean, I like, even if it's platonic, I like the, his relationship with Jen and they have like a good brother, sister kind of dynamic. Yeah. Agreed. So that was a positive. Yeah. Like they um, kept each other grounded in a way at first. Uh-huh. Um, yes. And, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like actually like including um, TC and that other, the one random a uh, green light child that actually survived and learned how to use her powers. Um, them becoming like, you know, Gamby's little orphan children. I like that little like dynamic of, you know, the the new the new kids. Um, potentially the outsiders if, you know, the writers <laughs> cared <laughs> about setting up things like that for shows that <laughs> yes, are not going right? anywhere. You know? <laughs> um, and, you know, you can also throw Khalil in there because you know, he kind of became that for however short a period of time. Um, but also, um, the, the biggest ship, the ship that people have been waiting for, Thunder Grace, finally got some time to shine in season three. What were your thoughts on their arc? Um, I I thought it was really nice to see that, like, you know, how much Anissa cared about trying to help Grace and support her. Um, and, like, you know, like, once, because so much of what we didn't see... <laughs> In the first part of the relationship was Anissa kind of like running away or like pushing Grace out or just like not really, you know, making time to develop her relationship with Grace, which is really just the show not making time for it, but still. Um, And so then once she made the commitment to Grace, she really was there for her like 110% um, and brought her in into, you know, 
into the fold. Um, and and Grace, you know, as much as she could be there, <laughs> did try to help as well, you know. Um, and and yeah, I really I really I really like their dynamic. I do think it's a little weird and like unfortunate that now Anissa is burdened with like this like the beauty inside situation where she has to take care of someone who just like keeps changing and could be like any person. Um, especially when it's something creepy like a really old man or like a child. Like, you know, we've mentioned this a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but if I ignore that aspect of it, I'm still really they're still my favorite ship on the show and I'm definitely really rooting for them. Um, and I'm glad that she'll be a regular for the final season, you know. So A, we know she'll wake up from the coma. And B, hopefully, we'll actually, you know, really, really um, move forward with them. I liked, I liked when, you know, they had the, the the concept of them like wanting to get married to like celebrate life before the <laughs> before, before the, yeah exactly, before everything happened. Yeah, was a really impending death. Time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it's kind of like emblematic of what their relationship represents, right? Because it's like they're always on the brink of death, so they may as well celebrate what they have now. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, I mean, we've mentioned this before several times, but the biggest missed opportunities for the ship is the inconsistency because they would not hire Chantal to be like a series regular, um, which is a shame because they really sold the hell out of the ship in advance. Like, oh, look, we're going to have this relationship and you're going to root for it. And then it's like, okay, but (laughs) there's nothing to root for. Where is it? Um, And I think in season three, at least, they were more consistent like grace wouldn't necessarily disappear for episodes on end before reappearing um and when they didn't have the actress they just hired an old man or a child (laughs) to be in the place um which while that part did suck like anissa having to take care of grace um and we didn't really see like grace's evolution to that switch properly you know her not being able to really control her powers um i thought that they were really sweet in general and they were really solid this season like they were all in with being with each other they were serious about each other um clearly because they wanted to get married as well and it was just like it's so enjoyable to to watch them be just be you know and we got like um Grace also being introduced to Anissa's family, which was really nice, and everybody mm-hmm. knowing that like they're finally together together. And it was just like, you know, warm, fuzzy feelings inside, um, up until like the coma part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really like just in general Anissa's new like the new location for her um apartment. She had a really nice setup and Gambi like really hooked her up in her closet area. Like it was a nice like little Batman moment where she has her own, you know closet that she can change in and out of um and then I, I i agree with you about the consistency that was the biggest positive change in the thunder grace relationship and seeing it on screen um is having chantal be there more often and having it be um in a true effort at a relationship um instead of like the fits and starts that we had from the past two seasons and I do like initially that was not my favorite thing um, to have a friend that Anissa has to bury a lot of the emotional weight of a relationship because of um, Grace's triggers and having to, and that being kind of like love, like Anissa having to um, carry on like the burden for the both of them. Um, I do, I do feel like maybe later towards, the middle or the end there was like one episode where like Anissa almost died and Grace had to like carry that weight from I like I like that it yeah became more balanced it's definitely more balanced than Khalil and Jennifer that's yes. for sure yeah. Oh, yeah I definitely like that it became more balanced and I love that Grace um wanted to become a crime fighter like Anissa um even though Anissa was not having it I like that there is like a little you know a playful little fight um in the apartment where, you know, Grace is, like, proving to Anissa that she can hang just as well as Anissa can out on the field. Um, and I like that that kind of, like, translated for them going out on, like, missions and stuff together. Um, obviously, it didn't end well at, at the end. Um, but the whole, like, lead up to the, the back half and the season, all the way up to the finale, I thought it was really good to see them out in the field doing stuff together. Um, and I, th- I think it was enough that when they did want to do the makeshift 
wedding um, in the finale, it did feel like they earned the relationship enough that progressed enough to earn that point of being like, yes, um, this could be like a, a wedding moment. And we feel like this is a natural progression of their relationship. Um, not happy that she ended the rela- the season in a coma and what that means yeah. for race. Cause it just felt like I, I remember I was talking about this during the finale that it just felt like another way to, ship Chantal off for a while right, and right. have to deal with the relationship. Um, so, you know, now that we do know that she's going to be back as a regular, um, that could change. But that was a little bit um, after, you know, and going on an increasing note of their relationship to end it on like a, a decreasing slant was not great. Um, and then if we have finally the big bad, Turn into the big bad of the season. We have Jefferson versus Grave Digger. And then also just like the state of the family union. The Pierces went through the ringer this season. So what do we think about the climax, uh, the fight with the big bad, and um, what this means for the Pierce family moving into season four? <laughs> I mean, I think that, you know, the fight was cool. I thought that the connection, the fact that he's like Jefferson's great, great, whatever, was of interest, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be like, oh, this is how different, you know, somehow like, oh, the, the bloodline has something to do with stabilizing the yeah. something, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, um, yeah, it just makes it, it just like raises the stakes to some degree. But Otherwise, I just don't, like, feel like anything happening in Markovia makes logical sense to me. Or not even in Markovia, but, you know, relating mm-hmm. to Markovia. So I don't really care. <laughs> but, I mean, Wayne Brady was great. <laughs> yeah, he was great. He was great. Yeah. Just he didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but as an actor, you know, he, he, did, he did. He had fun with the character. And I did think the fight itself was cool and also, um, you know. I was concerned for Jennifer, you know, like there was like the actual possibility of something happening to Jennifer. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess it'll be interesting to see where well, that was a cool go. dynamic that, you know, mm-hmm. that we didn't really discuss much. But um, Jennifer and Gravedigger had yeah. in, some like interesting like similarities or, you know, mm-hmm. dynamic between them. Yeah. And I, I you know. So yeah, um, I think that there was there's definitely like tension um, and uh, more to mine there, especially because I'm sure he's not you know he's not gone. He'll be back next season. So um, so I look forward to what they're doing with it because I'm sh- I feel like they'll probably just kind of wipe the slate clean a little, if you will, as they have done with previous. Like I feel like Tobias has like very little connection to. Mm-hmm. what he was like in season one at this point <laughs> and uh lady eve 2.0 <laughs> very little to do with lady eve 1.0 so etc hopefully we'll get gravedigger 2.0 and he'll be of of interest after the state of the family union this this you know season really splinters them apart um much more than i would have liked but i do think that their love for each other transcends the circumstances that they're in and the issues that they have either you know brought on themselves or that they have been forced to face so um even though like i feel like it's like previously it ended with like them all together right season one and season two ended with them all together but season two was like with the possibility of being ripped apart and season three it's just kind of like after having been ripped apart for all season they're finally gonna you know they're finally becoming a unit again except with some lies from lynn maybe i don't know we'll see what's happening with lynn but um, but yeah, so I, I I like that they over that they mostly overcame the separations and the issues that were gnawing at them. But um, I hope that we're gonna get a lot more of them together because I feel like that was like what was the biggest thing that was missing from the season aside from sense from Markovia was the <laughs> Pierces as a family unit. You know, just mm-hmm. really getting to see them all working together. I think I could have been able to forgive more of the Markovia stuff if we had gotten more of them. <laughs> Right, right. Um, but yeah, I, I pretty much agree with that. I mean, like with with Jefferson and Gravedigger's fight in particular, like like you said, you know, the whole great 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 grandfather or whatever that is interesting, and the fact that you know Jefferson having his powers is because of Gravedigger, like this person who was in this family, and no one 
knew about or it was like he was a myth basically in the family that's really cool but i feel like the reveal came too late to really explore and then their actual physical fight at the end was um it was underwhelming and then you know henderson died uh (laughs) near or around that point um which was very sad and I don't know. I feel like they could have done a lot more. Like if they had focused instead of like kick Markovi to the side and focus on Gravedigger as like the first meta and how mm-hmm. he connects to Jefferson, that would have been amazing and like very compelling. Um, but they could have done more with it. And of course, there's like the unresolved um, part of it where Gravedigger is still probably alive and will come back in season four. So hopefully they'll actually like bring it all together. But in terms of like the state of the family union, I didn't like the fact that they were so split in the beginning because it's it was really frustrating to watch. You had um, Jefferson and Lynn being on their own for months and months under the ASA, not being able to talk to their daughters. And then when they finally do, it's like, oh, well, you know, we're not <laughs> we're not really and now no the family. Like, Jen has gone through like all this like trauma. Yeah. Her boyfriend just died. She has powers that she doesn't want. And her parents are missing. And her sister is like, bye. <laughs> yeah, there was exactly there was no like you know sister moments. Um, and with the whole Lynn and drug thing, it's like we're here for you now, but they weren't really there for each other in general. So that's why they were all kind of separated and dealing with other characters a lot uh, up until the very end. So I do like that we ended the season with them finally kind of being united. Um, I think the biggest development in that family uh union was like. Jefferson between Jefferson and Anissa specifically because we've always seen them kind of like butt heads uh, for several seasons about like what you know Thunder can and can't do um, and we got to like a point where it felt like Jefferson fully respected her and trusted her to do the right thing um, and that was really nice so I feel like that mm-hmm. was the best emotional um, evolution and one that was like very satisfactory to watch uh, with their family but at least I'm you know they're together now and hopefully they season four won't have them be like so separated because that's takes away the heart of the show yeah and i feel like i don't know why that they've done because they've done this consistently for two seasons now like i don't i feel like they're we're a little bit far removed from the black lightning family core unit of season one which was like you said like the heart of the season what kind of made the season so great is that they were such a tight family unit and i feel like in season two they kind of started drifting apart and when jen ran away and then season three, they spent most of the season not together or not noticing each other's struggles, um, whether it's like Jen and her depression or Lynn and her addiction. Um, missing all of these signs of family members that need help or need their family. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really like that the fact that they were split up all season three. Yeah. Um, and I get, like you said, they ended strong with the family back together, but I, I feel like they're still glossing over Lynn's addiction. Um, the writers. Um, Definitely. so I don't, it doesn't really feel like the same family. Um, Can I just, I just was randomly yeah. on rotten tomatoes. Um, mm-hmm. cause I had opened it to see if it would tell me some more events from season three. Mm-hmm. But uh, now that I actually look at the page, I love that the tomato meter for the critics is 89% and the audience mm-hmm. score is 43% for season three. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, I kind of season three was like really oppressive. Yeah. <laughs> and dark. Um, yeah. There's a lot of. Yeah. It's like when you're oppressed in your real life, you don't want to go to, to TV and be oppressed again. Um, yeah. It was kind yeah, of like true. dark. Yeah. And then, like, I think Gravedigger was really interesting as a concept with him being, like, the first meta-prime related to Jefferson. Um, I think they could have dug more into, like, if, like, you, like you guys have said, if you had just, like, dropped Markovia and focused on Gravedigger as, like, meta-prime. Like, and that could have been, he could have been, him alone could have been the thing that kept Odell in Freeland and not, like, a whole-ass foreign army. Um, but just, like, the fact... I feel like we could have gotten more out of Gravedigger, especially his connection. Because I feel like him and, and Jennifer connected. Like, cause she was, mm, yeah. Especially like when we saw that one episode that was like three Jennifers from different, from like alternate Earths and the paths that she could have gone down or like the different versions of her. I feel like um, that could have played 
because I feel like she has more in common with Gravedigger and Gravedigger's like mentality and what he went through and why he is the way that he is. Um, and they could have connected and, and gone on in some kind of direction. And then Jefferson would have had to deal with that and blah, 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 blah. So I feel like there's a lot of areas that they could have. Go- and maybe they'll do it in season four. I don't know. But I feel like there are more, there's more to explore there that was left unexplored. Um, so that's that on that. But overall grade for season three, what would you give it? Um, are we doing it on a scale of one to, or, or we're doing the, the, the letter grades, right? Letter grades? Whatever, whatever kind of grade you want to give it. Okay. I think I'm going to like, I don't remember. Stars, one to five, one to ten, <laughs> letter <laughs> grades. Um, I think that, I don't remember exactly what I gave previous seasons, but like season one would probably have been like an A minus or an A. Mm-hmm. You know, season one was super strong. And then season two was like, okay, maybe like a, a B plus, you know, it's kind of, and now this one, I feel like I'm going to give, I feel like I'd give it like a B minus. Like I feel like this was definitely like the weakest or the most disjointed season mm-hmm. and maybe the most, yeah, I guess it just like is disappointing in the, the way that certain threads were wrapped up or not wrapped up that I would have liked to see different. What about you, May? I, I would probably give it like a solid C where it's like. There could have been well, a lot of, and no, that, sounds, <laughs> that sounds harsh, but there's two letter grades down, right? So it could have plummeted. <laughs> but it's, a C is like firmly in the middle. It's like a three out of five, right? Like it could yeah. have done a lot better with a lot of things and there's a lot of potential still, but it also like failed in certain instances to be as cohesive as it could have been. I agree. I would have given it like a C plus um, just because I think, I think it did start out strong with the whole, um, Markovia invasion aspect of it and there are certain elements of it like I when we learned about Gravedigger I thought that was really a big thing and then um, there are just like certain elements that were interesting but overall it was not very cohesive um, and Markovia was the biggest pull into the season but also the biggest letdown um, and then again I just think the overall tone was just way too dark Um and, you know, during a, a year that was just dark in general. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of heavy. Um, so C plus for me. So moving into side B really briefly, because we don't know shit <laughs> about this season. Side That's B is so called, true, actually. Oh, my it's God. <laughs> uncharted territory. And here's what we do know um, about the season. We know that. And I, I don't remember the exact timeline, the chron- chronology of when we learned what we learned. But we did learn that China um, decided to quit the show. Um, so she was like, season four is going to be my last season. And this was before we knew that it was going to be the last season for everybody. She was, So she already had... Um, Didn't she reveal it like the day of the announcement? I don't, think, she, I don't think it was the day of. I feel like there was... It was very soon before, but not It was the very same soon day. before, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think, I, it does kind of feel like since she had come out with it, they were just like, well, whatever. We're just going to say we're canceling the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but she got on... Um, I think she did like a Instagram video about her process of quitting the show and that she was not... I think she's only going to be in this season a couple of episodes. Like, she's not even going to stay the whole season of season four. But she just wanted to move on um, to a different phase of her life that was not necessarily driven by Hollywood. I think she wants to do, like, a lot of her own production and, um, you know, being led by God into a different direction is is what she said. So we know that she was leaving the show uh, we know that Chantal had been upgraded to regular. I think that may have been the first thing that we that we found out because right. we were excited about it. Chantal got upgraded to regular. And then, um, like, the next day, the news was released about a potential painkiller spill- spinoff. Um, and that was weird because <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, why? And what does that mean for whatever? Um, and then trying to quit in the show. And then there's a surprise cancellation of the series, um, which not was only a surprise to us. It was also a surprise apparently to the cast. Um, so what did you think of that series of unfortunate events? <laughs> Cause they all came pretty quickly, like back to back to back. Yeah. It was, it was shocking. Like, I don't know. Like I'm still really pissed off about it only because 
season season four, especially for like a CW show, is like fairly early to end a show. And I feel like even if China was leaving, people have left shows before. It's not like they can never really go on. Did we ever um, like? I think it did. They ever? I don't know if they really um, explained the reasoning so much so in the announcement. I got, I don't know if I got the feeling and I'm just like making it up, but I got the feeling that Selena Kill wanted to do something different. Yes. Like, yeah, he was based on the quote. Why. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because, because we already know, like, it would be so easy. It's so easy to get renewed at the CW. There's no way they cancel Black Lightning because of ratings or something. No. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. got to be, I feel like it's probably like the Akeels wanted to do to something do different <laughs> yeah wanted to do the Khalil spinoff and therefore um and and therefore just maybe even taking the excuse that china wanted to leave as the reason to end it yeah mm-hmm. but it was just it's just really odd too because it i don't know it feels sort of like it's being buried in a way because you know the season premieres monday which is in, in a couple of days and we only had they released the trailer last week um there haven't right. haven't seen any interviews with the cast to like you know uh, to market the show or kind of like hype it up for everyone you know so it's just really a, a weird vibe I would say uh, about the whole thing considering like this is a sh- like we were like yeah yeah you finally right regular like she, and now like the show I'm is so like mad canceled. about that because like yeah. you finally get that ship and then she doesn't get to last more than a season we don't even know how many episodes it's gonna be we don't know anything and it's just really weird to kind of like walk into a season especially being its last where there should be more hype like oh what do you expect from your characters like yes is it mm-hmm. satisfying blah 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 all these questions so there's just none of that and it just feels really weird and not exciting you know it feels like the show did their cast and their crew dirty so mm-hmm. yeah because they've been relatively silent mm-hmm. even Anissa who used to like post more I feel like she's not posting as much as she used to so I don't know. I mean, like with China, I, I get why she's been through like a lot the last year and a half or so, especially after like Cameron's death. And I don't know what else is going on in her personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I can see like why she would want. She also to. said that she struggled season uh, three. Uh, three as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, like, I, I get why she would, like, want to leave the show. It just feels yeah. so abrupt to have, like, cancellation a week later. You're like, we're getting a spinoff, sort of. <laughs> and that's not even, you know, that's not guaranteed because it's yeah. just a backdoor pilot at this point. So Right. I feel like, it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess if if the reason it's ending is because Akil wanted to do the spinoff, then it probably is happening, you know? If... Mm it is a separate issue that we don't know about, um, then there's no reason for them to have a spinoff when they're not going to have the main so show. That's so shitty to be like, you know, I don't care about these characters anymore. I want to focus on this new shiny character over here. So I'm going to cancel right. this show. And you don't really know, we don't even know like the concept. Because the last time we saw Khalil, he was like basically ready to leave Freeland and mm-hmm. spread his wings somewhere else. So none of the actors from Black Lightning are even guaranteed a role on this new mm-hmm. show. So, but that's why that's why we're gonna we'll find out which way it is, right? Because it mm-hmm. could very well be that it was some other thing that we don't know about, and that in that case, that show's getting axed. Maybe he wanted to do both, and now it's nothing. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I mean, we saw the trailer, and I don't really know what you can gather from that. But do you have anything that you're looking forward to, or is could we predict anything based off of anything <laughs> at this point? Um, I mean, I don't know, like, in on one side, I'm like, sort of, it, it's nice is to it like, good not go to into a show yeah. without expectations, because then you're like, well, I don't have to be disappointed with anything, because I don't know what's happening. That's true. <laughs> um, so there's that. Bright you know, side. Bright no side. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all I, that's, that's where I will stay right for now, you know, because it's not like we'll have to wait very long to find out anyway. <laughs> But I, other than that, like, I don't yeah. have any predictions yeah, based on the trailer or anything like that. Because it wasn't even, like, 
you know, usually trailers are at least like a minute or so, right? Because it wasn't even that long. I think it was like 30 seconds. Yeah. Right, so there's right. not like much to glean from. It's just like a regular trailer. promo. Yeah. yeah. So weird. It's strange. Yeah. Do you know, I think the only thing I remember from that trailer is like Jefferson. I don't know if he's in therapy. Maybe he's in therapy with, um, what's her name? Jen's therapist or whatever, but he was like, oh. Black Lightning is no more or something like that. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Whatever. something. We'll see. <laughs> we will see. So um, I hope you enjoyed this um, meandering walk <laughs> through season three. Um, help get geared up for Monday and the premiere of Black Lightning on the CW. It's at eight, seven central, right? I think it's at nine. Is it at nine? What's coming on before it? What could possibly be more? Uh, Mondays are. Because other shows have already premiered. Hold on. Yeah, that's Let's right. see. Um, Monday's All American Eight. Oh, All American. Oh, okay. All American and Black Lightning. Oh, nice. Black Monday on the CW. <laughs> 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 see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.